0: Dandying up in McKinney, this is According to Callis, episode 526, coming to you on Wednesday. That's right, it's Wednesday, the 8th of November. Tomorrow begins the TexitCon, so prior to getting into that... Let me remind you the best way you can assist me, the best way that you can help me continue to make a difference in our little world out our back door here, like share and subscribe to the podcast, following the podcast, go to your favorite podcatcher and follow me there. Help me out. And if you're feeling particularly froggy, you can go and rate and review this program. Every little bit helps. We're still growing. We're not going anywhere. I got to tell you, uh, (laughs) as tired as I might get every time I see the, uh, growth that we get, every time I see the little spike that i run across somebody new that said, Oh yeah, I heard your show. I listened to your show. That gives me just enough energy to keep going. (laughs) I, I, I mean, it is a labor of love. Clearly, uh, we're not there. We're not to the point where I can, uh, turn a profit here, but I think it's a worthwhile investment. I think the future is a worthwhile investment. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Where do we go? And and no, I I don't hear Axel Rose in my head when I (laughs) when I hear that, but just kidding, just kidding. So, So when I look at what's going on in the Context of the big picture, right? Uh, This is, I I guess, is going to be one of those episodes that we're going to drift outside of the bounds of Texas. We're gonna, we're gonna take the eye off of Collin County temporarily for, you know, Tuesday was election day, uh, and I don't have the results just yet. Why? Because I'm recording this the night before. It is actually on a Tuesday, but I'm recording tomorrow's episode today so that I can get a couple of things done before I go participate in the Texicon. And apparently over the last couple of days, um a somewhat discredited Steven Crowder has released what is purported to be the manifesto or the notebook pages from the mentally confused mentally challenged. However, polite way you want to say it mass murderer now what's of interest to me is we always hear and and this is why it's a big picture thing we always hear about the right-wing extremists and that we are the danger to society that we're insurrectionists that we want to you know cast, you know, we want to do all these terrible evil things. Now, I got to be honest, out of the hundreds of people I know or know of, I don't even think I know one that might even possibly be defined as hating people enough that they would want to go and hurt them or kill them. And then when we look at the, I'm trying, trying very difficult to not use language that would have been commonplace as little as 20 years ago, and quite frankly, Navy language at that, but from when I was in the service, okay? We got a person that is mentally ill, mentally ill to the extent that they think that they're not who they are, and they're so bent out of shape, so worked up that they think a good solution is to go kill a bunch of people. That probably never ever did anything to them or have any idea who they are, but that's going to somehow solve things but we're not willing to address that issue we're not willing to deal with that no 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 we have a court we have a case before the Supreme Court right now determining whether or not somebody that got in trouble for domestic violence ought to be able to keep their firearms which. That's kind of a gray area, but it's not. The default answer is anybody ought to be able to carry a fire firearm pretty much anywhere they go for whatever reason they seem fit, however they seem fit. That that seems to be the easiest way to go about this, but there are certain people that are convicted of felonies that you know are in a period of probation or they're, part of their punishment is they have to be disarmed. But once you've paid the penalty of your felony and you're restored, you should get all your rights back. And just because maybe you got in trouble because you got in a fight, it got a little out of hand, some domestic situation does not mean that you forfeit your God-given rights. That's the very simplistic, easy answer. Yes, I am fully aware there's a whole lot of other stuff going on here. But when we have somebody that's clearly mentally ill, that's clearly hateful and spiteful that goes out and does this heinous act. I'm not wanting to strip firearms access from innocent people that never did this. No, I want to understand what was wrong with this individual that they went to that length to do that. I want to understand, well, first of all, why this person to get treatment. And secondarily, if they did get treatment, how is it that this was missed? Now, clearly the person that did the crime isn't around the do of the time, but I don't believe they're a victim. I believe they're a perpetrator. Now, could they have possibly been victimized at some point in the past? Well, sure. Yes. I mean, in the modern ethos, evil people or villains aren't born that way. They're created. Okay, sure. I guess. I mean, if you want to do that, so then it, it's always the devil's fault right? Satan made me do it. Mom, I'm not guilty of doing that bad thing. I was tricked. Now, you can become damaged goods. You you can have problems that aren't fixed or properly addressed. I fully understand that. I, I imagine if you were to take 100 people and throw them into a room, you'd find 80 of them that have some kind of deficiency or difficulty That they're dealing with and coping with on a daily basis, some better than others, but they're not running around killing people and then blaming society for their bad behavior. Now, you might get one if you threw a thousand people in that room, or if you threw 10,000 in the room, you're certainly going to get one or two, but we're not doing that. We're just talking about as a general rule, morally sane people are not going to be a problem for the rest of society. I'm not comfortable with the concept of minority report or trying to figure out who might become a problem. That's the whole basis of red flag laws. And please, don't defend those to me because they are written in such a way so that they can and will be abused. Just like the laws that are written to quote-unquote protect people from domestic violence. Yeah, There are domestic violence situations, there are bad problems, but let me tell you something. One of the highest perpetrators by percentage, based upon the job that they have, are people that serve in, you guessed it, law enforcement. Now, does that mean that we shouldn't trust police officers anymore? Does that mean that they should not be police officers? No, they need to learn how to cope, they need to be treated or whatever the appropriate thing is, the counseling, and they should know or they shouldn't be disarmed any more than anyone else. Now, look, there maybe there's a three strikes thing here, but again, we all know how this plays. There's rules for thee and rules for we. If you're going to write a law like this, you're setting up people that are going to be abused or other people are going to have a blind eye turned. I'm not comfortable with any of this and I certainly don't fault somebody that go under traumatic situations on at least a weekly basis. Those would be the guys in blue, right? I don't want them coming under any other scrutiny other than what they should be for their actions on the job. But if they need help, if they need treatment, just like anybody else in society, they should have access to that. And again, we were promised that this stuff was going to be free. We were promised that the federal government was going to make it cheaper. Now, let me ask you, has any of that happened? Have you seen anything get nominally better or specifically significantly better? The answer is going to be no. Now, why is that? Well, I guess there's a number of reasons, but when you incentivize people to find things wrong with themselves because they can get more money or get things for free, what do you think happens? It's just like all the special needs kids that, you know, well, I'm sure there's more one, more than one reason for that. But if a school's incentivized to find things wrong with children that are in the schools by giving them more money or more accolades or more this or more that, of course, they're going to find that you've incentivized them when when you incentivize deviancy, you get more deviancy. When you incentivize delinquency, you get more delinquency. It's not that hard. I mean, anybody that's had a child that they've raised or perhaps even a pet that they had to train, you know, there's ways that you can get them to do the right thing. Why does this seem to be lost on our society? Why does this seem to be lost on our educational establishment? Why does this seem to be lost by all these people that go to Austin or your state capital or D.C. for that matter? I would suggest to you that it's not, that they know full well what they're doing and they don't care. They don't see it as a bug, but they see it as a feature right the the more abuses they can heap upon or the more challenges they could heap upon we the people while embracing the lawlessness and the bad behavior of those that they have zero interest in actually corralling and correcting the easier it is to beat us down to get us to comply to get us to go along so where do we go you know the election that's going on right now, the state legislature has abdicated the responsibility of actually passing laws to address at least 20 different issues. They kicked it over to we, the people. Now, I got to tell you, most of the time, we, the people don't know what's going on and the way they write the questions or they write the ballot measure almost assures that they're going to get the outcome that they want. And then when your taxes go up and the spending goes up in the state of Texas, they're going to say, well, you all approved this. You all said it was okay. I'm just curious. How is it that the state of Texas education fund for colleges doesn't have more than enough money? I would imagine just the football contract alone for UT ought to pay for the entirety of that university system. I mean, I'm just guessing then when you throw in A&M, Baylor, TCU. Oh, I know those are private schools. Oh, that doesn't count. But look, the College Association of Texas has got to have more money than they can know what to do with. Why in the world are they taking even more money from the taxpayers? Or if you prefer, why are we having to spend money to put out more broadband internet access? It seems to me that's the responsibility of the private companies that are going to charge us for that at some point in the future. Let them make that investment. Now I understand maybe just maybe there's an argument to be made where it's more cost-effective to have a single line put out by the government and they lease it out to private business. Okay, maybe. How's that working for us with the tollways? And then of course there's the whole concept of bonds, right? They sell you a bond So that when they increase the debt and they therefore are going to have to maintain the tax load or increase the tax load on you long term, they put it off on you. Well, you wanted those nice shiny things. You wanted that nice pretty stadium or whatever their thing is this time. That's not our fault. We're just accommodating with what you desired. Never mind the fact they advertised it and they encouraged you to do that without telling you the long-term costs, without telling you about the short sides of doing these things because they don't care. Now, I'm not upset about this. I get it. It's a game and we get tricked and played into it all the time. It just seems to me at some point we ought to wise up. At some point we ought to understand what exactly is it going on here and do something about it. Again, where do we go? Now, conceptually, there are dozens of clubs that exist outside of the party system that say they're there to educate. They say they're there to activate. They say they're there to motivate you to do the right thing, to know how these things work, to understand the process, to fight back. And maybe they do, and and maybe they are effective, but clearly it's not working with enough people. And to make matters worse, we're having to basically deprogram and reprogram a generation after another generation of young people that have gone through the school districts. Because in the school districts, do you really think they're learning about civics and the proper role of government and how the federalist system is designed? I mean, they seem to be more interested in the gender corrective system. Well, I'm not even going to go down that road. Just their vague idea of what history and science is all about when corrected for those dead white males. I mean, you can believe it or not believe it, but there's evidence to suggest that this is a rampant situation and not just in the big cities because they hide it and they downplay it and they, they disguise what they're doing and they manipulate people. And you wonder why little Johnny and little Susie can't read and write well And it's because they're not interested in actually doing that. They don't want good citizens. They're not interested in giving us a well-educated electorate. You see, for those that are in charge, whether it's the state level or the federal level, ignorance, our ignorance is their bliss. They can pull one over time and time again, and then they get a court to rule. Well, uh, our opinion is that This state was right to do this, or the federal government had this authority, and I'm so sorry, Mr. Jones, but that farm that you've had in your family for 150 years, well, you know, you filled that dirt puddle too much, or you changed the channel too much, so we're going to have to go ahead and seize that, fine you, because we're protecting this, that, or the other thing. It doesn't really matter. They literally make stuff up to justify their bad actions, and we're supposed to be okay with it. And it's because we don't know. And it's because we tolerate it that it continues. So again, where do we go? Is there a path forward? Is there a corrective measure? You know, I've talked about some of the early educational philosophers that brought in the Prussian system in the United States, and they were funded and encouraged by none other than Mr. Rockefeller and Mr. Carnegie because they wanted good laborers. Right? They wanted more people to go work in their factories, just educated enough so that they would know how the machines work, but not educated enough to realize that maybe things aren't the way they ought to be. Maybe we couldn't do things a little better. I'd say they've been largely successful, right? Dumbed down multiple generations. You know, the great independent spirit of what was in Texas when I got here has been evaporating away over time. And I know it's in vogue to blame the people that are moving here. And you know, they do share a, a period a, hmm, a percentage of that blame. That's how we'll say that they, they do deserve some of the blame, but the reality is the young generation doesn't know they don't respect. They don't understand. They don't, they don't feel like they should have to sacrifice or do anything. It should just be all given to them. And honestly, as parents, and some of you as grandparents, we, we ought to shoulder some of that burden. We tolerated this. We allowed it. We didn't end it when we had the opportunity. Indeed, we keep sending the same people back to justify and do the same bad behavior. And it's all because we want to believe that our school down the street is the best thing for little Johnny and little Mary. And they have what's best for them at mind. We know those couple teachers, they're just so nice and they, they treat our children so nice. I will tell you, the teachers, by and large, are not the problem. Oh, there are some bad teachers. There are some evil teachers. There are some sociopathic teachers, but they're a small percentage. The vast majority that actually make it past the first couple of years, they're there because they're committed. They're there because they're on mission. They're there because they care. But when they're given a curriculum, given marching orders, and they've got their time invested, then they start to worry about how do I keep my job? How do I avoid HR? How can I make sure I still get my pension? I mean, and after doing a job for a certain amount of years, that's the natural progression of how people think. I mean, consider, we've talked about one of the issues with, you know, And again, I'm not saying this to beat up on law enforcement, but just follow with me here. They are a family. And in in some cases, that should be applauded. But they often don't hold their own accountable. They protect their own, first and foremost, because they're protecting their brand. There's loyalty to the family. And that should be applauded until you have a sociopath with a badge. Those are the guys that need to be run off and we're dependent on the guys that are in that family to catch that and deal with it in such a way to protect the rest of the society that they swore an oath to protect. Likewise, in the teaching realm of situation here, there ought to be the same thing. If you know, hey, that dude's a pedophile that's a coach or hey, that woman She's got some odd tendencies there. She spends a little bit too much time around those hmm, soccer players or softball players. Maybe we ought to keep an eye on that. These are the kind of people that need to have. But in today's day and age, the fact that you would even question that or look at that wrong, well, you're a homophobe. Or you're a hater. Or you're this, or you're transphobe, or who cares? They call you names and people just buck under. They 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 fall apart because they want to maintain their job. They want to keep their good reputation. They don't want to have to go before HR. I'm not sure how we got to this point in our lives where the most important thing in your life was maintaining a job that pays you enough to survive long enough that where you believe and perceive that you might be able to not have to work full time anymore and still get enough income to function and get by when you're old. I don't know that that's a good play. I don't know that that's a good option. But I mean, if that's all you know, and that's what you've been anticipating, that's what you've been planning on for your entire life, who am I to step in and say, well, you know, you need to put your entire life all of your plans on the line to make sure that this one thing gets fixed when in the reality is that you as an individual don't have near enough sway or weight or stroke or whatever your phraseology is to make something like that happen but we the people do it would be useful and helpful if those very same people that you know essentially gave an oath to protect we the people that stand by to educate the next generation. If they were to come to We the People and say, hey, look, there are some problems here. We need help getting these dealt with. This is supposed to be a partnership. As part of a civilization, those people have put aside maybe some of their own desires in order to serve this purpose. And they're rewarded to an extent. And of course, as always, it's never enough and it's never going to be enough. And guess what? Nobody ever gets paid enough, but we should be there looking out for them. But in return, we expect them to look out for us, look out for our children, look out for the next generation. And I don't see a lot of give and take there. I see a lot of take actually from both sides of that equation. So when you, when you look at that, it's like, where do we go? And again, a lot of this is manipulation, and playing games just like they don't want you to understand what it is you're voting on when you vote on a constitutional amendment just like it is they don't want you to understand that you're putting yourself into more debt when you're voting on a bond for that nice shiny building just like they don't want you to understand that this law written can be abused and manipulated to come after you an individual that did nothing wrong but because well we made a clarification here we're gonna, we're gonna come after you They want it that way on purpose. They build up the enmity between the people. We, the people, spend so much time fighting amongst ourselves and calling each other out for some shortcoming or some degree of difference that we fail to recognize that we're being manipulated. We fail to recognize that we're being led down the path of destruction. At one point in time, when I was a young man, there was actual concern about the amount of debt we had. We were looking close to spending or being a trillion dollars in debt. How many trillions of dollars in debt are we now? And When's the last time you've heard anybody mention any concern about it that didn't have a last name of Paul or Massey? Oh, I'm still waiting because I don't think you're going to find anybody that legitimately talks about that. And while we're at it, think about this. I don't know the actual number. Let's let's just use a round number. There's 200 nations in the world. Maybe it's 212. Who knows? It's it's not really important. But let's just say the number's 200. Why in the world does the United States have military bases in 161 of those countries? Why are we so involved in the rest of the world when we can't protect our own borders? And while we're talking about it, it's not just the southern border. It's the northern border with Canada too. Talk about a porous mess. And why are we importing massive quantities of people that don't share our values, don't share our culture, and quite frankly, don't like us to our country? Who thought that was a great idea? Yet we do it. And the entire time we're doing it, we're stirring up the enmity between the blue cities and the red states. And it's all a big game. They're manipulating all of us. Now, I've never been to San Francisco. I have zero desire to go to San Francisco. But at what point did it become acceptable, normal behavior for people to leave human waste on the ground and then punish the people that want to deal with it? At what point did we invert our legal system so much that we protect people doing bad things and hurtful things to themselves and others, but we punish those that look to put an end to it? And if you think I'm out of line here, I would just say to you, look at what's been going on in just Dallas. And don't even get me started on the mess that is Houston at this point. And these are the two biggest cities in Texas. And we ought to be very concerned about what's being done. And quite frankly, uh, for us under, uh, under our name, they're justifying their behavior by the fact that they won an election. And we, the people approved of that. Did we? Do you really think there was a majority of people in either of those cities that's actually okay with what's been happening? Or do you think they manipulate just enough people, the small percentage of people that show up to actually vote, to get them to rubber stamp what it is they're doing? I'm just curious, you know. There have been several mayors prior, prior to the one that, well, allegedly is a Republican now, in the city of Dallas, that, you know, sold themselves on being concerned about business, being concerned about law and order. Well, how is it that we got to a point that we've got a DA? And, and of course, look, this may not be the case at this moment, but recently basically made the decision they weren't going to prosecute theft under $750. And then they wonder why a store might close and leave an area. And if you doubt me, this has been happening in Chicago, Portland, and several other large cities. If if you're a business, no matter how much money you make, you can only bleed and hemorrhage out of one store for so long before that store just becomes unprofitable. And, And who thought it was a good idea to allow that? Tolerate it. And pretend that it was normal or good. Well, we did. Because we didn't stop them. Again, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? The power is with we, the people. The power is with voting, yes. But it's with action more so. You ever wonder why it is that when people go and put a show up a show or put put, a, put on a show at city councils, things get done. It's because when they go, the council's actually fearful that something might happen, something that might cause a problem. Now I'm not suggesting that that's an appropriate way to get things done, but it works. The left does it all the time. And that's how the councils justify their bad behavior. They justify the nonsense that they do. Yet, if you on the right show up and do anything, one-tenth of what that looks like, you're the bad guy. We immediately need to imprison you for life. Now, I've been to a few uh, council meetings in the past. I've been to a few uh, school board meetings in the past. And there's a way to get their attention. There's a way to remain professional. There's a way to get things done. And going there and screaming and making... A show, an spectacle out of yourself, is not appropriate. But I gotta tell you, something. it works for the left. It works for the left all the time, and we tolerate it. You know, I gotta wonder if if you're the deputy or the officer that has to maintain control and order in these meetings. What must you think when these people do this crazy stuff in your presence, and then you can't do anything about it, or or if you do arrest them? They maybe get a slap on the wrist. Yet, you're ordered to arrest people that said a bad name. You're ordered to make sure that people can't come on property because they upset somebody. They didn't do anything wrong other than say something that upsets somebody. But the person that acts a fool, that crosses all sorts of lines, at most they get a slap on the wrist and they're let free and invited to the next meeting to have a complete and utter mess. Yeah, we know that is a double standard. We know that is hypocrisy. But again, it happens because we tolerate it. It happens because we do nothing about it. It happens because we don't vote the bums out. So as angry as you might be, as disappointed as you might be, as frustrated as you might be with the government we have and the actions that it's taking, just remember, ultimately, at the city, the county, the di- in district levels, it's almost entirely our fault. Now, at the state level, yeah, there's another layer of manipulation there that we can't quite overcome entirely, but we can certainly bring our weight to bear on. We can certainly make a difference, and we need to be willing to do so. And That's going to require some sacrifice. People are going to have to give up some time, give up some money, maybe give up some comforts. But, I mean, if you want to fix things, if you're really concerned, put your money where your mouth is. Put up or shut up. And as I've said many, many times, I don't believe D.C. is salvageable. I don't believe it's worth the effort to even try and salvage it. But if we can just start at the thing down the street, your local school district, your local city council, heck, even the water board, the commissioner's court, all these things are there for us to utilize and work to make sure they properly represent us. And if we're not going to do that then we can't complain. If we're not going to put in the effort or encourage others to step in or help them get educated so that they can step in, we're to blame too. We have to be willing to accept our own responsibility for the government that we have. So the follow-up is, where do we go? What are you going to do? And with that, this has been According to Callus, and I will see you on the other side.